Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. <laughs> Good evening, Josh. That was too close on my part. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. Uh, oh, and that's Jen. Say hello, Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Uh, say hello, Ed. Hi, Ed. So we're all over the place tonight. It's going to be a wacky one because just as we were sitting down to record, um, Jennifer's microphone broke. And so she and I are both going to be on the same microphone. So then, Ed, you're on a new microphone as well. Or you're on your computer microphone. Yeah, because, okay, I was literally trying to get my nice microphone out of my car. But it is too cold in Indiana. And my car is frozen. Like, I can't <laughs> unlock the doors. Like, I literally oh, am incapable of going inside my car right now. That's crazy. So. So tomorrow, in the sun, I will hopefully get in there. <laughs> uh, th- this is th- That's something you used to do, Jennifer. You used to be good at that. Well, I'm not going to say good at it. I was practiced at it. I think there's a difference. Oh, yeah, because of your lifestyle in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, like, you make it sound like it's like a lifestyle choice. Oh, you enjoy <laughs> the snow. It's a choice, all right? A That's a life. Inuit. <laughs> well, yes, Josh thinks that my family is crazy because they they choose to stay there in New England and freeze. And he's like, I don't understand. But we woke up this morning. That's not why. It was 35 degrees this morning here, and our little pond froze over. It's crazy. It's Southern California. It's crazy. Yeah, our pond, we did have a layer of ice on the pond. <laughs> It was something intense. Um, and, Ed, you've been all over the place. Where have you, what have you been up to? Um, well, Disney finished on January 2nd, and I drove up to uh, Atlanta, and I spent a lot of, like, like five or six days with my friend Julia, and I was just enjoying Atlanta. I was, like, tweeting about it. I, I did all, a whole bunch of awesome stuff, went to World of Coke. Without, <laughs> I mean, to me, that's exciting. I tried 65 flavors of Coke from around the world. How is that not exciting? I saw that. Did you actually try them all? Yeah, I did all. I did all 65. I mean, why? Well, I I love I love pop. So why not? <laughs> the best. The uh, a shout out to Fanta Melon Fantasy from Asia was the bomb. <laughs> I got. I went and got second and thirds of that one. I was like, that's wow. really. Really I, I've done that actually. I've been to the Coca-Cola Museum. Have you been there in Atlanta? I haven't been to the one in Atlanta, but we went to the the Coke Cool Zone in Epcot. Do they still have that? Yeah, head? yeah, but yeah, we still have it. But the Cool Zone is a way like mini version of the Coca-Cola Museum in yeah. In, uh, yeah, I remember there was probably only like twenty different ones. I don't think we tried anything too too crazy. No, there's only there's only eight inside of Club Cool, unfortunately. Oh. And there's there's sixty five at uh, World of Coke. And then also in Atlanta, I did like some. I, well, I got crazy Korean food that was amaze balls. I love the Korean. And I got <laughs> yes, pho. I was over your pictures. <laughs> I, know, I got pho all the time. I freaking love pho. And I'm glad Julia understands my love for pho. So we just like, let's go get pho. Like, I'm kind of full. We just finished eating dinner. Do you want to go get pho? I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going. Enjoy. <laughs> and then. Um, and then I went to this place called Varsity in Atlanta, and that was they had awesome uh, coleslaw dogs. I, I'm not such a foodie. I've actually I, been to Varsity as well in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for like two days, and we went to the Underground Mall. We went to the Olympic Park. We went to the Coca-Cola Museum, and we went to uh, Varsity. And I think that's the only thing I did when I was. Oh, and I went to a really great bar called Nomenclature. But that was like the only things I did there. So it was funny that you kept tweeting like, oh, wow, those are the only things I know in Atlanta. So I can actually relate. <laughs> right. Well, 
I, we discussed going to like downtown, but it just it just didn't happen. But that's fine. It, we I still had an amazing time. I'm not I'm not much of a club goer. I I tell myself I should get into it, but I I I just never gotten into it as I shuffled my paperwork. Literally. <laughs> um, and then since I've been back in Indiana, I've literally had four interviews since I got back here, and I have one that I'm really excited about tomorrow. I I I. I pray to the universe that I get it for That's real. That's awesome. Well, good luck. Do you yeah, want to share I, what it's about, or are you? Um, you I, I'm not allowed to, to say the name of the company for whatever reason. I signed some kind of confidentiality notice. Wow. But, uh, but I would be doing, uh, if I were to get the job, I would be doing research with nanofibers inside clothing. Wow. And, <laughs> and I'm way excited about that. Even this though, is in Indiana I, or in Atlanta? That, Oh, it's it's in it's in southern Indiana. Okay. So. Well, there. Wow. Well, that's kind of that's oh, that's impressive. Get my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be they'll be either well I probably see when I say I'm gonna be in tears I'm always like it's I'm probably gonna be in tears tomorrow around one either if I get the job <laughs> or if I don't get the job the tears will just have different motivations. So around <laughs> one p.m. Eastern tomorrow I'll be watching out my for my Twitter because that's just when the interview's over. Well, we're we're rooting for happy tears. There you right, go. I know. Right, I, it's it's like I've been unemployed for like how many days? Like. 12 11. days and i feel like i don't even know what i, yeah. I do with my life i'm like 12 days but i've been watching lots of x factor that's what i've been doing <laughs> <laughs> and, and jennifer what have you been up to we don't have a lot of glee to talk about so we'll have to talk about oh you'd actually you don't have to talk into the front it's just the distance you just want to make sure you're like right up on it so what's my distance what's my range uh, that's a good good? range. Yeah. Yes, this good... is most uncomfortable. I know that's the most. Position. That's the most. <laughs> like, here. Oh, you well, here t- I'm gonna move the microphone because we're on one microphone. It's Tell okay. us about your day. Oh, my day. Oh, no, no, we're fine. That's too close. Uh, <laughs> too close. Too close. Too close. Pull it back. Uh, things are fine. We've honestly, I'm. The new year just started off pretty busy. I have a uh, big work project, big meeting in Vegas. Um, we kind of piggybacked on a the big CES convention that was going on and um and that went well and just been uh, dealing with that but it's just we're still getting settled in our home so each weekend try to do a new project that makes us feel more and more at home and <laughs> make it more and more hospitable <laughs> for you know us and for company and um yeah so that's pretty much what i've been focusing on i did pick out paint for my office i'm very excited i wish i could remember the name of the color because it was it's a pretty cool name. I'm, I'm, you know, I will say like I, I go for the color first, but then the name kind of, you know, the, the name sells me. It's like, oh it's, yeah, you talk to it because of the color, but you stay for the name. Yes, <laughs> yes, it pulls me in. It gets me to commit. Awesome. So, so that's pretty much what I'm doing. And and, and you, Joshua. Oh, I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same stuff I'm always doing. Uh, But uh, we did see Les Mis, and I only bring it up because I had tweeted on Les Mis. I tweeted uh, that there was a... um uh, I, I tweeted, maybe I should start a blog just to rant about Les Mis. That's why people start blogs, right? Because it is, let's be honest. Um, and uh, but, but it was funny because people were like really... I, I think Les Mis is a good topic for Glee. <laughs> for the Glee <laughs> podcast. Uh, Ed, have you seen the Les Mis? I want to, but I have not. Okay, Sorry. Can I clarify one thing? Even though Josh wrote, I want to start a blog to rant about it, it doesn't mean he didn't like it. 
Or didn't like parts of it. Yeah, I actually liked it much more than you did. <laughs> but that's that's a whole other story. I mean, as as a film, as as a, a a piece of cinematic art, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought they did the best they could with the source material, which is where my problems lie. So I'm not a good I'm not a good judge of this. Um, but I mean, you seem to like the the musical a little better than I. I mean, I love the story. I cried three times throughout it. And not just because of, um, you know, what's his face's flat voice and flat acting, Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, he was he was horrible. Oh. Russell Crowe was absolutely horrible. It was a, it was a good movie. My uh, like I you know the things the problems I had with it were Russell Crowe was torture. Amanda Seyfried apparently decided to take uh, singing lessons from a small bird, so that was uncomfortable. Um, and then, like, I just had all these really significant problems with the direction, you know? Like, there were all these weird, you know, any opportunity to have a, a, a CSI zoom on a character, like a handheld, like, let's run up and go up into his face. That really bothered me. Um, every solo was played in the same shot. Like, I can draw you a picture. And you can, <laughs> if you watch the movie, every time a character has an extended solo, it's the exact same shot. And that really bothered me. Uh, and there was just all this kind of, like, goofy, over-the-top Hollywood stuff in it, uh, which it didn't really need because the story is kind of heavy enough. And the, it went, they went to great lengths to try to make it look hardcore and, like, and real and of the time. Not really real, but to really place it in the time so that then when they stepped out of that – with like the one stupid dance number in the middle or like Javert's suicide being what it was. Uh, we'll use the word over the top. Um, it, it just, it, <laughs> it was just too much. It was like, just, you know, you, you, you have great people telling a great story. Just do that. You don't have to like try to dress it up for the 18 year olds, but you know, people, and I hated the Cockney accents. There was one person in the entire movie with a French accent, and that didn't make any sense. <laughs> you got to go one way or the other, guys. You can't do that. But I did think Eddie Redmayne was unreal. Yeah. Like, he's the, he was the star of the movie for me, and no yeah. one's talking about him, but he was the star of that movie. Yeah, I mean, Empty Tables, Empty Chair it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And, amazing. And again, I'm not a big fan – I've heard several times the, the, the two songs that everybody knows and everybody loves, and I do like them, and I thought they were really performed very well. <clears throat> but that other song, I was like, wow, I really didn't remember that from the play itself. So it was nice, but the rest of the music I'm just not a fan of. So I know I'm not a good, I'm not a good judge or a, a good critic of it. So mm. I didn't like the play either, honestly, when I saw it live, but mm. I did see it pretty young, so I might have a different opinion. My biggest problem was how much it ripped off the South Park movie. Anyway, uh, so got the wife to laugh. Ladies and wow. gentlemen, still a thrill. Wow. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Glee. There's not a lot to talk about. Pretty much the only what Glee. You, well, there's one big piece of news. Yes, the big piece of news being that Glee has been picked up for season five. Um, and Ryan Murphy said season five and beyond. But the president of, NBC, or of Fox said season five. And that, that's pretty interesting news. Hey, hey, we, we, remember at the end of season three, if we heard even talks of season five, it would be, we were, I would have been excited. So now it's like a reality. It's funny. Like, I don't, I have this weird thing in my brain where I just assume every show is going to run forever. 
And so, and then when I find out that it got canceled, I'm kind of like, oh, and then I immediately forget it ever happened. It's not a good skill. But so, like, it never entered my brain that Glee wouldn't just keep going. I don't know why. Uh, but, you, I mean, yeah, looking back, Ed, it, I do remember a moment where you were like, well, they might not even come back next season. And I went, oh, my God, that never even crossed my mind. And that's a very real possibility. I mean, if season four wasn't the new season one, which we all can agree it was, and <laughs> It is. <laughs> there, there, there might not be there. The, season five might not even be on the table. But since season four was the new season one, it's on the table, and we're eating it for dinner. I see. I, I disagree entirely. I don't think anyone who makes the choice of whether to bring Glee back gives a crap about I what's think, actually think, in the show. I think they do because that means that means the writing's strong. The character, like the the ratings are strong. So that's what. Well, that's the thing. The ratings are well. The ratings are consistent. And the yeah. show makes a ton of money selling all the songs and everything. And that's really the juggernaut that is Glee. But the ratings are consistent and it's better to leave it in and get the kids that they're able to get. And it provides a nice lead into New Girl. So I understand why they're keeping it. And syndication. And syndication, yeah. If they get through season five, but they get season syndication. Four, if season four was the new season three, there wouldn't be a season five. Well, they also wouldn't have the ratings and they wouldn't have the, the money and all that other stuff to back it. So they do go hand in hand. So yeah, so it is so, creating that. I think I think it's, it's been a strong season, like already. Like even like if the season was like over, I'd be like, you know, that was a good season for real. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I I mean, I really just I don't think the actual quality of a show has anything to do with whether or not it gets picked up, as evidenced by the fact that you know I mean, I, two I'm and a half men dated, won't go I'm away. I'm dating in Hollywood the other like the opposite way of you, where I believe the the quality of a show has bearing to things and you're jaded to the to the point of it's the, the other you're the other extreme of that we're like well if it's bringing the people it doesn't doesn't matter what's happening which they're both probably both wrong but it's somewhere in between <laughs> but that is pretty big and now the question uh that everyone will be asking um to fill all of the time that we have to fill between season four and season five is <laughs> what do you think is going to happen we continue to have the two series we t- continue to be watching three shows one about the grown-ups one about uh mckinley and one about new york um and uh, do you think that we will continue in this vein we have a couple more episodes in season uh four to see you know how they continue with that process and see if season four but uh you know if they're if they were going to cut one off or do one more than the other this is really the time we would start to see that because are we really going to want to spend more time with, you know, uh, with Marley and Jake uh, in, in season five? Do we really care to see them sticking around for another year? And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Jennifer, uh, do you have any prognostications for the destination of season five and beyond? No. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I haven't given it that much thought. I apologize. Um, it was just, you know... Uh, many, many other things kind of occupying my brain right now. I mean, I have, at the, at the beginning of season four, I still I still held to my belief that the show belongs in the high school. Like, I, I, I think that that's where the stories, you know, should lie. That they should follow the new kids in and then see them off and then follow the new batch in and see them off. I agree. And that's the, I mean, I felt that way from the beginning. And I think it was couple of episodes ago when they didn't have any Kurt and Rachel and we were all 
pretty satisfied with that episode and it felt like a whole um complete it felt like a, a cohesive episode and I think we were all a little surprised how much we didn't miss them. But when I do see Rachel and I do see Kurt, I'm like, okay, of course, I love you guys. And I, I want nothing but the best. Although you're, you know, achieving, um, you know, success in what should take the normal person 15, 10 to 15 years. And you're achieving it in, you know, three months. So yeah, we're shockingly I'm little a little effort. bitter. <laughs> but but when all is said and done, um, I I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I'm ready. I'm 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 ready for the division to be over, and I'm ready for them to just you know focus on the school. And of course, you know the teachers are part of that. So you know if the adult storylines are in there too, great. But I mean they're gonna bring everybody back for Will and Emma's wedding at some point anyhow. So I'm not afraid that we'll never see them again. I just want them to fit in and not be tacked on in some absurd, distracting manner. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think whether they go New York or whether they go um, McKinley or whether they continue to split it, I, I'm going to be watching it either way. I'm with you. I've always thought that the the true story of Glee, the true story of finding yourself and accepting who you are and following your passion despite the odds or despite other people's judgments has always been a story best told by the teenagers in McKinley High. That being the story of Glee is all, you know, that is the story of Glee and it's always best told there um but i mean i understand that we all love rachel and we all love kurt and and we want we want to see what turns out with them so to have glee without them is also kind of a weird concept i don't even know how that even works you know uh so it's a so it's a bit of a struggle but i yeah i just wanted to be good like i just wanted to be consistent and not feel so schizophrenic uh, I think that's all I'm looking for. Ed, prognostications about season five? I'm sure you have gazillions. Um, well, I mean, I hate to be like I disagree with you, but I, <laughs> I think the schizophrenia and Glee has really benefited the writing staff in realizing that they have to give every character their time when they need to give them time. Like character characters that w- that would just normally shoved aside just as background people, mm. the Sam Larsons, the even the the Tina Fey, uh, Tina Fey, <laughs> that even really cool. She was on this show. She should be on the show. Tina Cohen, uh, Tina Cohen Chang. Like she, they're they're getting legitimate storylines. Even Britney's getting good solos. Everyone's getting at least their due time. And I think if they had like if they was if they were just in the universe of high school. They'd be like they'd be doing, they'd be under Santana like Santana syndrome where they're just like oh we love this character and we're gonna we're gonna like and people love this character we love this character who cares about everybody else but because there's so much so many characters that they have to keep in check that they have to they have to be completely cognizant of the like giving them their due time when they are giving them time. There is a lot going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you see what you mean. It is forcing them to really work hard. And I, mean, I, I, hard... I, I like people who try, and I think they're trying very hard. Yeah. No, I, I, I see where you're going. I mean, I agree. Um, I don't know. I just Wait, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me, would you rather be just in the high school and then have go back to back to season two and season three, where three, four people were the stars, and the other eight people who were introduced, who we potentially should be caring about? But we're not giving any time for. Well, I'm I'm the one who's saying I want my cake and eat it too. You know, I'm the one who's saying that 
Glee has always been the story. Uh, uh, like Glee has always been about finding yourself and accepting who you are and being willing to be proud of that and perform in that. And we tell that story through music. That's that's what Glee is to me. Whatever characters are telling that story, I don't care as long as they're telling it effectively. But I understand that I'm wildly in the minority and that most people really couldn't give a crap about that. They just want to see Rachel and Kurt being Rachel and Kurt for a week, from week to week. I, I feel like, I feel like, well, I mean, especially with next season with, with presumably Blaine joining Niata, they just cannot, they cannot just give up that storyline. And I don't know if the storyline's strong enough to be its own spinoff. So, like, like uh, was it a TV line article or something? There was an article, like, if the spinoff existed, maybe Glee season four would have been terrible, and the, the New York spinoff would have been terrible, and then there would be no season two or season five, respectively, for either of them. Hmm. And, and the, only, the only reason there's going to be a season five is possibly because they coexist in the same universe. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a really good point. I mean, you're you're kind of splitting your audience. There's a lot of people that are only tuning in for McKinley and a lot of people that are only tuning in for uh, New York. And so yeah, to but split those into two shows. are all the same. <laughs> for the same episode. <laughs> well, what, what is, well, okay, what, like, m- magically, magically, Josh. Magically. Right? Magically, Josh. The first half an hour, every episode, with the first half an hour was, was McKinley and the last half an hour was New York. And that was like the formula, like, like two shows in one show, but it was called Glee, but it was really two shows. <laughs> well, would, that, would, that, would that make you happy? No, no. I, I, all I'm saying is that also, if you had an hour, we wouldn't have to be telling Kurt and Rachel's stories in such a two dimensional manner. If they had a whole hour to tell those stories, they'd be able to tell them at the depth and, you know, value uh, that Felicity taught us is possible. And if we did not have to split the time with McKinley, then maybe we could get actual stories and actual interesting stuff happening with Marley and Kitty and Jake. I would never bet a dollar on that. But it could be, it would be more possible, I think. That's the struggle I have. Jake Ryder? Are you kidding? Okay. I just, they're just, they're so bland. They're so, everything about them is bland. They're not, I, I think that not at all. I think they. Ha- I think they're young. I think they're freshmen, and I feel like I'm. I'm clearly okay with the type of characters they are right now. And if if they're going to be around to season seven, like uh, between now between season four and season seven, I think they're they're going to develop. Like like for who they are right now, I'm happy. But let I mean, let's take a step back. Like just you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be the like it'll never be as good as it was guy. But, but, but let's are, but no, okay. no, I'm not. I'm really not. But I'm just saying, like, let's be real specific about our comparisons. There had never been a character like Rachel on TV. And that's why we loved her. There had never been a character like Kurt on TV. And that's why we loved him. And when you looked at the people playing those roles, there had never been a girl who looked like Leah Michelle on TV. That's why it worked. I mean, that's why it was so funny to have Finn running around because Finn kind of looked like everybody else on the CW at the time. But he it worked because he was surrounded by people that didn't look like anyone else on television and they were characters that you hadn't seen before. But we've all seen Blake, the bland football player who's kind of pretty, you know, and, and we've all seen the the kind of bland, pretty girl like Marley who has a mother that she's not really proud of and wants to throw up. Like... The, there's there isn't that level of inspiration in the new guys. That's where my struggle has always been. But, but when I, they're but when not. I talk to, I've been talking to people as about unique. the new characters. 
or about glee in general but then in in those conversations the same three names come up like so how are you feeling about glee oh i love kitty i love marley i love writer it's i i I, i'm consistently hearing those three names who are these people where are they they need to be on the podcast (laughs) i mean and the thing that bothers me is like you have we have the opportunity to have so many more new so many more interesting new characters like unique unique i think deserves a lot more attention and you're right it's like the first season introduced us to basically what was the equivalent of you know land of the misfit toys they didn't look (laughs) and they didn't act and they like anybody else it would seen on tv and now we have these other people who are just well you know they're national champions they're they're no longer (laughs) misfit toys right so why wouldn't their demographic because that because that's the way everybody in society is going to view them. And in the back of their minds, they're always going to still feel that way. But now we have these new batch of kids that we're, f- we're, I feel like we're being manipulated into feeling something for them. Because although they, you know, all look like Abercrombie and Fitch models, one has an eating disorder, one is dyslexic, one is of mixed race, and, and, and one for some reason is, uh, you know psycho bitch that wants to destroy everybody's (laughs) life and i'm sure we'll find out why kitty is so evil and why kitty has claws and why she wants to bring marley down but we don't know that right now i guarantee next season when they bring in the next when they bring in the four or five new kids you'll be loving them i don't deny that i'm just saying right now i feel like i'm being told that i'm supposed to feel bad about them when i just i don't yet i mean no no, no, i take that back i I do I Let's put it like this. Let's put it like this. When in the first season, when Kurt and Rachel said, we need the Glee Club without the Glee Club, we're never going to amount to anything. And you kind of believed it. You, I, you, I, I will I, never I believe that. that about Ryder. The but world did, did is stepping that? up to give Ryder everything he wants. Look at that guy. <laughs> like there, there's no, there's no, there's no stakes on that character. And it's not that pretty people don't have problems, too. It's just... Yes, it, it is. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> well, okay. Well, in, on that point, then I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> Everybody has problems. But I just... I think that it's such a... I feel like in this case, the show is trying to get, you know, like you said, you know, have its cake and eat it, too. Mm. Like, you, you, you want to have the look and the gloss and the, you know, the sparkle of a CW show, but yet you still want to hold true to your, you know, your, your diversity roots and to your, you know, your underdog roots, but it's not meshing. That's all. There you go. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. So that is the conversation. I think we've had more than any conversation we've had this season. This, that is the conversation of season I mean, four. I mean, it's, better than, it's better than this. I honestly appreciate this conversation over what's going to happen in season four. <laughs> yeah. Because that, season that lasted, three. That, that's what's been going on since the beginning of season two. So that's a new conversation, if new a, talking point. Bottom line, I don't dislike any of the characters. I just want to see something more than just, you know, a, a, a pamphlet diagnosis. Like, I don't want everybody to be able to identify with every single pamphlet in, sorry, I keep doing that popping <laughs> thing. Here, I'm talking on the wrong side. Um, to identify with every, I, I feel like they're just, taking the pamphlets from Emma's office and saying, okay, this person is this and this person is that and that's it. And it's just very cookie cutter. 
So, <laughs> but I, again, I, I like them. I think, I, and I think they're all fantastically talented and nice to look at. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're I, nice. I, I, I think they all bring something, like, I don't know. They all bring something, and I would, I definitely feel like any of them missing would change, would, like, make season five, four different than what it is. I, I mean, there's a certain argument that could be made to, the, where if the, if Marley Jake and uh, other random people, I don't remember off the top of my head, if Marley J. Kitty and whatever, if they were that interesting, it would distract from Kurt and Rachel in New York. Like, it would really distract from it. And so their blandness does allow some of these show's existing quirks to continue working. I don't think the writers are clever enough to have done that on purpose, to be quite frank. However, I do think... In a roundabout way, it actually it, there, there an argument could be made where it is actually helping it. You know, it is actually making it work out. We should listen to an email. Let's let's move on because I'm sure we're gonna have many more weeks to discuss this. Uh, we do have a couple of voicemails though, and here is one. Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Michelle from Wisconsin. Um, I just finished rewatching Role You Were Born to Play and Glee's this weekend, and I had a couple comebacks or responses to some stuff you guys had said on the show. First of all, sorry, Josh, but Santana totally took it on There Were Worse Things I Could Do. Not the first time I've been told that I was wrong. Certainly won't be the last. Santana <laughs> all the way. Um, but what's interesting about that song is I think we really start to see, um, I think Cassandra explains her motives in the lyrics that were given to her, spite and jealousy. I think that's Cassandra's motives for um, going after Rachel. Um, this is also similar, I think, to Kitty, her motives for Marley. And by the way, Ed has totally nailed it. She does the things where you touch the person to convince them that you're sincere and mean <laughs> and uh, to get inside their head more. She's being her friend, but it's all, none of it's sincere. She's completely jealous of the fact that Marley is getting attention from both the guys, and she feels like Marley should be in a low place, and she's not in the place that Kitty thinks she should be. So, anyway. Um, and I thought the reason they had, I, I thought they had to have Wade not be in it, one, so that we could get Santana doing Rizzo's part, but because we would have just felt awkward if Wade had been singing Sandra D to Marley, whereas <laughs> having Kitty do it, especially at her house, it just really played to their um, characters a lot more. Um, Sue, you've been having trouble with her motives for the whole thing with Wade, and I think part of it is she accepts those are being true to themselves that maybe she doesn't think Wade's being true to himself. It's like she feels like she's got to draw the line somewhere. I don't know. Um, and then one last thing. Someone thought that or said that Ryder got Marley to stop throwing up because he told her she was beautiful, and that wasn't what happened at all. She, he stopped got her to stop by being a friend to her and telling her about his second cousin and making her laugh and just 
being a friend. He did tell her, however, that she was gorgeous and all that or hot or whatever when she was about to go on stage in a skin-tight outfit. And frankly, (laughs) that's what she needs to hear in order to walk out on stage in that outfit. So I thought he handled it really well, which is all the more reason why it really irritates me still when she blows him off in a later episode. So hoping to hear a podcast from you guys soon, and have a good day. Well, you are hearing a podcast from us. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, we got another one from Atlanta. Hi, I've missed listening to you guys. I'm so glad you're podcasting in like 20 minutes, and I'm calling very short notice. But, um, okay, here here are my thoughts. I kind of want this to be the last season. I know it won't be, but I kind of do because I'm just thinking about at least the things I know are going to happen next season. Blaine will be at Niata. I do not want to think of him forever as a codependent little boy that follows Kurt everywhere, regardless of Kurt's feelings for him. Um, so there's that, and there's a, the bigger thing is the fact that there's not going to be anyone left to carry the McKinley side of the story, really. The only person who I'd like, not just tolerate or I'm like whatever towards, but genuinely like who is left there is Coach Beast. <laughs> and she cannot, oh wow, that was a weird noise. And she cannot carry the show. I mean, I love Dot Marie Jones, but she's not one of the kids. And none of, like, I mean, Blake is the only younger one who I have any respect for as an actor and as a character. And the rest are just kind of there, whatever. So, I'm I'm very concerned about the future of Glee, and if I will still care after these seniors graduate. So, yeah. What do you think? Bye. Yeah, it's kind of funny. This uh, In season five, we won't really have any of the original crew at McKinley, except for uh, Finn, if he sticks around to continue coaching the Glee Club. Uh, but I, I think we can pretty much guarantee that everyone's going to end up in New York. In some way or another, they're going fi- to find an excuse to put every single original cast member in New York. They're all going to move there and it's going to be like high school just relocated itself and everybody's going to have fun. I, I, I don't see any other way for it to work and not for them to just start jettisoning characters to, to make space, you know? <laughs> uh, so um, Ed, are you still there? Yes. All right. So we had one more question uh, that came in on the Twitter feed. Uh, and someone had asked, and I'm going to put it to you because you will have an, uh, an answer, I'm sure. Songs you would like to hear in the second half of season four. Is there anything blowing up your iPod right now? Because you always seem to have something earmarked that you would like to hear on Glee. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I mean, hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, don't you worry, child. Sweet House Mafia. But I was something I was thinking about. I will say I was thinking about that song. Um, I mean, I'm try by Pink like screams, screams like oh, I'm a, this is this is my Grammy winning moment. Which I don't <laughs> I don't know I don't know how I feel about that song. Like it, it it is a good song, but it's like airplanes where it's like it's like baiting me to like it. Like you know you like it. You know it touches you spiritually in the inside. Don't you feel all warm and fuzzy? I'm like yes, I do. Calm down, gosh. Um. So yeah, like uh, of course, I, I wouldn't mind some staples like 
Die Young from Kesha. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, that song that song is pure fun. So that's 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 my defense. All right, all right. Jennifer, is there anything blowing up you? No, Jennifer's like already <laughs> backing away from the microphone. I'm I'm way 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 behind the times. I've um yeah, I'm just listening to internet radio these days and it's more of a background thing just keeping me going through the day. So nothing that jumps out at me. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I don't listen to anything cool, so <laughs> I can suggest like What's the last album Random you bought? Stuff. You must have bought something like last week. I, I bought a Punch Brothers record last week. Oh, no, I bought uh, I, I bought a record yesterday by um, Tribe One. No, I bought a record. I, I bought, that was the week before. Yesterday was uh, uh, Thought Criminals. I bought a Thought Criminals record yesterday. Uh, it was $5. Uh, I buy a lot of music on Bandcamp where you can name your own price. There you go. I'm a big fan of name your own price on Bandcamp. What, what uh, do you name? I usually name a dollar because I'm a bad person. See, well, I, I will get. I will like pay if it's like a ten song record. I'll usually give them eight bucks. Um, if it's an EP, like if it's under that, then you know it. It really depends on how much I like the band, but I try to give people a dollar a song. I mean, now that iTunes is largely a buck. 39 a song like a dollar a song is now a deal and hey if you're on Bandcamp and i give you a dollar a song you actually get to keep most of that dollar as opposed Wait, to I'm, on I'm, itunes uh, on you get to keep 91 percent of itunes if you're not on a label yeah but you know i don't if i if i if you're not on a label i'll probably buy from you on Bandcamp or some other way where you get to keep as much as possible okay you get 91 cents well there you go well played well that's about it we don't have a lot more to discuss and uh rather than beat a dead horse we'll probably just keep it a short one it is worth mentioning that chris colfer's movie is out struck by lightning uh he wrote the novel that it is based on and he is starring in the film with alice and janney um it's not getting very good reviews uh it's currently at 23 percent on rotten tomatoes he did a q a at the movie theater um like two blocks from our place but it was sold out so we were not able to yeah. go <laughs> it was the NoHo 7 on, on Saturday night, apparently. But the Gleers, Glee kids have not made a lot of movies. And I've always been surprised by how few movies the Glee kids have made. I mean, God forbid, I think Diane Agron has probably made the most movies. Yeah, like Quinn made tons of movies. What are you talking about? But yeah. I guess she's the only one. But yeah, like other than that, most of them have not made very many movies. And so uh, it's it's... It, it, which is surprising to be on as notable a show as they are on to not be branching out as much as possible. So this is Chris Culver's movie. If anyone has seen it, send us a voicemail and we'll uh, play it in the next episode. Cause I'd love to hear what people are thinking of struck by lightning. I don't even know if it's playing in our area right now and we're in LA. So that's not a good sign. Uh, it's probably at the Lemley around the corner. One yeah. would think they're playing it around the corner. Uh, but that's about it for us. Ed, anything else you want to talk about? Um, not a Glee related, not really, but you, I've been <laughs> obsessed with Cloud Atlas lately. So if you haven't seen that, okay, go, go see Cloud Atlas. I have it, not seen it. I'll go see it. No, you, oh my god, it's it's amazing. Like I don't, I, I can't even, I can't even uh, talk enough about how how much I love that movie. It's about six storylines with the same six people reincarnated. It's so good. Cost a hundred million dollars to make, but only made seventy million. 
They deserve your love and support. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, then, um, if you were tuning in for the first time, definitely join us in two weeks when we have an actual episode of Glee to discuss. And I assure you, it will be uh, much more entertaining. But uh, this I was entertained. I, was I think this hopefully... is a good episode. I think we do these shows for the fans. Like these are these are the episodes I feel like we do for the fans that that you know are starving for some gleeful. But if this is your first episode of Gleeful, it's probably not the best example of what we do well. Well, I, okay, so it's 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 not a good example of our typical show, but I I think for a you know for a break show, I think this is one of our better ones. All right. Well, we'll take it. Technical we, difficulties and all. We like to judge the show as it's happening. That's, that's, We're so critical of ourselves. That, that's our tactic. For the Gleeful Pod... Oh, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Go to the website at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter, I'm at, or the show's at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Renell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Or go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast. And you can talk to the listeners for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Good night. Oh, I didn't even cue up a song. I did the whole outro, and I never actually oh, cued up a song. You, I know you hate it, but can you play Homeward Bound Home? I Ugh. love it. I love it. Ugh. I'm only going to play it because it's like... Str- He's well, on the ages. Is it? Is that Wait, one? that's home. No, that's that's home with Kristen Chenoweth. I don't I don't appear to have it on my computer. Oh, I, that's okay. weird. I thought I had all of them. Not the home glee cast. I'll have to oh. I'll have to hunt it down. That's um, oh, fine. You're forgiven. Oh. What is is I, this it? That doesn't sound right. No, that doesn't sound right. But that's where we're going out on because it's too late now. We we've come too far. We we're going out on it. Please <laughs> podcast with Josh Jen and Ed. I'm Josh. Still Jen. Still Ed. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe surrounded by a million people, I still feel all alone. Just wanna go home. Oh, I miss you, you know. And I've been keeping all the letters that I wrote to you. Each one a line or two. I'm fine, baby, how are you? Well, I would send them, but I know that it's just not enough. My words were cold and flat. Deserve more than that. Another airplane, another sunny place. I'm lucky, I know, but I wanna go home. I've got to go.